Having passion is owning success. But how can we find passion? Every Monday, Passion Says Success helps you find your passion through the lens of successful individuals. Because like Steve Jobs said, the only way to do great work is to love what you do. Join me every Monday to learn how others have found their passions and how you can do it too. Today, I have a special guest on the show who uh, co-authored the Cybersecurity Career Master Plan book with me. His name is Dr. Gerald Auger, who has been professionally practicing information security for over 17 years and holds a PhD in cybersecurity from Dakota State University. He is currently accountable for protecting and securing system and data at a mid-side chemical manufacturing firm. Gerald is the chief content creator for the Simply Cyber YouTube cybersecurity channel. He's an adjunct faculty at the Citadel Military College. Okay, Gerald, um, you have been a great inspiration for the cybersecurity community, community in general and for me personally. Um, so I'm very glad you are here in the show and thank you very much for being here. Is there anything you want to add to your bio or you want to say hi to the audience? Uh, well, first off, Kim, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on Passion Set Success. I am quite passionate about cybersecurity, so I, 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 I'm like excited to talk about it. Uh, you know, I'd like to say you know, hi to uh, my, my wife and children, because they like to support me in uh, all these, these efforts and endeavors I take on. So I'm very excited to be here and, and looking forward to our conversation. Yay, uh, me too. I'm very excited. So let's go right into the meat of the show of this episode. So based on your background, if anybody knows you, right, uh, they will know that your experience is a good mix. Um, between uh, cybersecurity and education. And it's very easy to notice that you are very cybersecurity centric. Um, however, before you step into cybersecurity and education, have you ever tried um, to work or experiment any other fields? Yeah, so when I graduated uh, with my bachelor's degree uh, in, in 2003-ish, it was a computer science degree and you know, cybersecurity wasn't even really a, a concept then, like not even not even one of my classes in my curriculum was security focused. And I was kind of led down the path that when you get a computer science degree, you take, you know, databases, networking, operating systems, data structures, you take all these courses. And in my mind, because no one corrected me, I thought these are all things that support you to be a software developer because you understand, like it was mostly model view controller type stuff, web apps at that time. Um, so it's like, oh, databases is the back end of my web app. Uh, networking is how my, my pieces talk together. Uh, you know, data structures is how I, you know, make it all work. So, you know, I, I was a software developer. I, I dare say software engineer. I think I might be uh, overstepping myself there. Uh, to, to my clients, my code worked great. To another software developer, uh, it looked like you know a kitchen junk drawer in a house that you've lived in for ten years, like quite quite a train wreck back there. But the code worked. Um, you know, I'm not going to misrepresent that I was some 
you know, Da Vinci going on in the, in the, in the IDE or anything like that. But yeah, I, I had a, a brief stint as a software developer, probably like two years. Um, and it, and it was fun. Uh, there was a little bit of taste for cybersecurity at that point as you're writing like, uh, you know, authorization and authentication pieces, not, not necessarily writing them, but implementing them. Uh, Cause you know, most programs you have modules you can bring in that'll handle that type of stuff. Uh, but yeah, so I had a, a brief, brief stint as that. And then, you know, obviously a handful of jobs, like so many other people, I like, you know, fun fact, Kim, for your show only uh, between graduating and getting my first software developer job, there was a four month hiatus, which was the summer of 03 or whatever. Uh, where I was a a mason tender, and for those of you listening who do not know what a mason tender it is, it's basically the lackey who carries the bricks for the mason. So a mason's like a bricklayer, and the mason has earned the right not to carry all these bricks everywhere. So fifty pounds on either side, ten bricks at a time, and and just <laughs> lugging them wherever uh, Greg wanted me to take them. So. I, I was shredded after that summer for what it's worth. Cause I basically went to the gym for eight hours a day, but, um, <laughs> but you must've had that hot body back then, right? Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. the professor Gerald look anymore. Yeah, not so much uh, professor dad bod now, but yeah, but, um, but it was good, but I found my calling for sure in cybersecurity. So you mentioned you have tried software development, right? And a little bit of, of cybersecurity taste. Um, so what's the difference between software development and cybersecurity um, that got you more interested in cybersecurity? Or in another word, what do you find interesting in cybersecurity that keep you interested? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm gonna take my liberties with this one, Kim, because I feel like those are two different questions and quite broad in range. So uh, as far as software development goes, you know, taking back to what I just said about my undergrad, where I thought all everything I learned was in support of being a software developer. So when I'm learning these authentication and authorization and uh, auditing wasn't really a thing except for debugging, right? Like these are just things that I learned to help me be a better software developer. Uh, the 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 moment that I got audited, my code got audited by uh, outside. Uh, vendor and uh, it failed miserably. And this was like pre FISMA. It, it was like FISMA was kind of coming on the scene. The gut, my client was a the Marine Corps, United States Marine Corps. So I think that they were getting prepped for FISMA compliance. Um, and like my code did horrible. And I was like, what do you mean it did horrible? Like, like get out of here with that noise. Like, it, I know it's a mess back there, but it works, meets requirements, right? Kim, that's what we're searching for as developers. So they're like, no, like it's terrible. Look at this, this, and this. So I was like, oh my gosh, what, what are all these things? What are the, what's the point of it, right? So I started kind of uncovering like what, like they were called security requirements or cybersecurity controls. And I was like, oh, this is really, this is interesting. And fortunately at the time I worked for a company called Bearing Point, which is, uh, was a spinoff of KPMG, which a lot of people are familiar with, um, big, big four firm. And because it was such a big four firm with a lot of really talented people working at it, I was able to do a little social engineering, OSINT work before I realized what that term is. Uh, I opened the GAL, the Outlook GAL, right? So our global access list. And I've, got a, I've now got a Rolodex of 60,000 people. And I filter on their department or role. And I find cybersecurity. And I find these people. 
And then I found someone who was like a mid-level manager. Actually, I found like probably two dozen mid-level managers and I emailed all of them independently. I said, hey, I'm some nerd in DC who does software development, but I just found out about this cybersecurity thing. It looks like that's what you do, period. Can can we talk? And, um, you know, I'd say of the 20 plus people I emailed, maybe six replied with like, here's a couple of links to resources, beat it, kid. And one guy named Ray Sturby, I'll never forget this. He he messaged me. He's like, yeah, let's talk. So I got on the I got on a phone call with this guy and I'm like, I, I, I don't understand what this is, but I want I want to know. And he he spent 20 minutes and he basically like. I mean, it, it's like the sun rose on on the day like he's like it's this there's this i'm like are you serious that you can you like vulnerability scanners right he's like oh no he's like you know i'm like do you like hack stuff right again like kind of naive question that you get from a lot of people who don't know the industry do you hack stuff he's like no i'm like well then how do you like test things or whatever he's like oh there's tools that do that like he's like a vulnerability scanning appliance you just throw that on the network point it at something and it'll tell you everything wrong with it like how to break into it and i'm like are you joking me? That sounds so powerful. And how is it that the bad guys aren't using it? He's like, oh no, the bad guys are using it. Uh, and then it became this really interesting uh, problem. It's like if 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 the if you're playing cards and everybody has their cards face up, how like how do you strategize? How do you deal with defending that? It seems insane. Um, but he he talked to me uh, through it and you know, at that point I was like, oh my God, like I'm hooked. Right. So like I started devouring, devouring as much as I could possibly get my hands on. Um, I I'd already gone back, um, to school. Like, so this was like a year after that software development audit thing. I was trying to figure out how to, how to get in. I, I went back to school, um, got a master's in computer science, uh, thought that would help. It, you know, it was fine, whatever. I was, I was killing time waiting for my wife to graduate. And then, I, I, I find out about all this stuff. And, and at that point I was like, I need, I need to work in this field. Like I love this field. I'm, I'm drinking it. I'm drinking it up. I can't get enough of it. Um, and there was less resources too back then. Like I, I've been saying this ad nauseum. If people who are listening to this are familiar with me, I, you've probably heard me say it. Like we live in the golden age right now of access to resources it, almost to a fault where like people are so overwhelmed with the amount of resources that they don't know where to start which is why people like me and 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 you Kim and and the book we wrote and Neil Bridges and Josh Mason like there's so many people trying to point out like if you want to do this these are the resources if you want to do this these are the resources just to make it somewhat accessible and manageable um to avoid paralysis but um i was just trying to trying to get as much as I could and, you know, home labs trying to hack some stuff, you know, Metasploit was kind of in some version at that point, but uh, yeah, and, and as a fun fact, I just want to share, I never met Ray Sturby, never ever physically met him in person. We had that call. We had that one call and that one phone call changed my life. Like I, I decided that, that is what I want. And I ended up, you know, I've been in this field for 17 years. I have a PhD in the field. I'm, I'm, I'm like in charge of a really big company's entire security. And I, and I don't say that to boast. I say that like, this is how far I've gone down the road. And I, every like maybe three or four years, I will message that guy and, and be like, Hey, I don't know if you remember me, but like, I just want to thank you. Like I've done that. Like since I last messaged you, I've done this, this, and this. 
Like it's all because of you. Like you, you, you put me in the water and shoved the boat. And then my passion, the current, it was the current that took me as far as I've gone. And, uh, you know, every time he's like, I know who you are, Jerry, like you message me every three years, like stop, like, I know who you are. And I'm like, okay, all right. Just being cool. Don't, don't make it weird, man. Uh, but yeah. So thank you, Ray Sturry, if you're listening. Oh, I'm sure he'll be very, very proud. And there's, you gave me so much information right there to work with. There's so many um, hints uh, for people who are listening as well, right? To, to kind of tell and feel related, I'd say. Um, and one thing I really enjoy about that whole story is that basically your cybersecurity career kind of start with somebody telling you a no, right? You have your code audited and they think, well, this kind of sucks. And then that's the point for you to start another awesome thing. And I really love this attitude. Um, you know, you don't take it uh, as something to put you down, but you rather go dig deeper into it and then find your career and find your passion. That's so cool. That is so cool. Um, so, and you have a talk about um, also, you like strategies, right? You like the fact that uh, in cybersecurity, you need, to, you need to think about strategies, how to deal with cyber criminals. And you seem like a very curious person, uh, right? You like to look for resources by yourself, playing the labs. Do you think um, having those characteristics, uh, maybe somebody who likes to play strategy games or a curious person, how benefit it would be for them in this cybersecurity or computer science field in general? Yeah, so that's a great question. And, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, soft skills or kind of your human personality skills, we often talk about, and, and, and which ones are beneficial for having a career in the field. We often talk about initiative, proactivity, um, you know, humility, uh, and very, very seldomly do you hear curiosity, but it it does pique my my thoughts, Kim. That it it really is a, a an interesting one. You can you can be not curious and have a successful career. So I don't want to exclude uh, those individuals, but curiosity is is a very valid uh, skill, and I want to tell you why. Whether like if you think about what security is, cybersecurity, it's literally protecting um, systems from doing things that they're not supposed to or having people access them in the way they're not. So, you know, one of the one of the things that people often talk about is like, do, do I need to know IT or how come an entry level job requires IT experience? And the short answer to that is like, in order to understand how something can be manipulated or circumvented or broken, like you kind of need to understand at a high level how it's supposed to work. Like, what is it supposed to do? What is the expected behavior? And, um, you know, kind of, you know, to take a computer science term, like the finite state automaton, like what, how do you move from uh, phases to phases? And what are the edges that, that cause those shifts um, across the nodes? But once you understand that, then you can apply that curiosity to say, you know, like, like a simple example is like your username and password text field to log into a web app, right? Well, everybody puts in a username and password, right? Because that's what you're supposed to do. A curious person puts in 8,000 characters and hits enter and sees what happens, right? Or they put in wingdings or glyphs or 
ASCII or, you know what I mean? Like they put in things that it's not expecting or they, or they put in nothing and hit enter and see what happens. Right. So it, it's called edge case testing and we, we do it in software development, but you know, uh, pen testers and, and offensive people also do it uh, in order to test really the developer to see if the developer did their due diligence to account for the scenarios that the pen tester is going to uh, basically try on the machine, right? So, so curiosity uh, is paramount for that because it's, you know, half, like I, I'll admit I am, you said I'm curious and I, and I think I, I, I appreciate that, but there's, I, I don't know how curious I am, right? There, there's things that I find interesting and I want more of it, right? Like I understand I, 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 I like that and I want more the real talented people. And this is half the reason why I go to the red team village at DEF CON. I'll be there next week. Half the reason I go there is because it is really the red team and like the, the, the people who are driving the red team, like the, the thought leaders in that space, they are incredibly curious. And like, when you come up with like these, you know, they, the, they use the term novel quite a bit, but like when you come up with these novel attacks and it's like, Jesus, like it's so elegant and so simple. Like how come, like, how come we never thought of that? But like, you know, kudos to you. It's brilliant. And like, I, I love that because um, I can really appreciate that someone applied that curiosity and that, and that knowledge to look at the problem from a different, from a different angle. Right. So I, I feel like that's, that's always it. It's like, I'm almost too much of a conformist where I'm like, okay, like to use that text field example again, like, all right, like it's gotta be something we put in the text field. Well, what if you put in like a, a text editor or a, not a text editor, like a, a web proxy, like burp suite or something like that and just remove the field altogether and submit it. What happens then? I mean, that's like, you know, that's like looking at the the box from, from a, you know, from like a, a weird angle or something like that, just completely outside the paradigm of like the conformist, right? So the conformist is like, we've got a field, we put something in the field. What can we put in the field? The, the really curious person is like, well, we got a field, but like, you know, let's, let's blow it up or like, let, let's, you know, let's do something completely uh, weird to it that has nothing to do with the field. It's, it's like attacking the app itself somehow. So uh, curiosity is definitely paramount, but again, you don't have to be curious. I would argue that I think curiosity best serves the, the red side of the house, uh, the pen testers, because they have to come up with creative ways to, um, solve for the defensive solutions but in the in the cat and mouse game that is the operational cybersecurity, right so there's tons of roles in cyber but the operational piece of defending the network or attacking a network or a system or whatever the offensive side is always winning they're always in the lead because they come up with an attack they're going to buffer overflow, right? Let's go back in time. They're going to buffer overflow. So we, so the defenders come up with DEP and ALSLR. Okay, so then they're going to do ROPS, right? Okay, so then we're going to do control flow guard. Okay, then we're going to do JOPS, right? So like, um, like it's it's always it's always a cat and mouse game, but the cat is always the, um, the, I feel like it's the attacker because they're always coming up with ways to circumvent the existing set of defenses. Defenders aren't going to really ever put in a defensive control that addresses an attack that doesn't exist because like, that's, in, that's like, that's insane, right? Like you could, you could think of anything, right? So it's, 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 yeah, 
so that's that's the answer to that as far as curiosity goes. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the whole thing. I feel like cybersecurity and being a cybersecurity professional is like you playing chess, right? Sometimes defending, sometimes attacking, but you got to have a mix and you got to try different strategies and looking things at different ways. So um, absolutely great answer. Thank you so much insights there. And back to your previous story, you also talk about um, networking about how you met your friend and one conversation sparked um, improvements in your career and you still keep in touch with your friend, right? Um, mm -hmm. So what's, do you wanna, what do you wanna say about the importance of networking in cybersecurity? Because um, there are a lot of um, people who think that, um, and it's nothing wrong with it, but there's a, an, an impression that if you wanna be a cybersecurity professional, um, the only thing you need to care about is your, um, your technical skills, right? You only need to be a hardcore um, hacker or uh, programmer, and then that's it. Uh, don't worry about networking. What's your take on that? Yeah. So, you know, there's a famous saying, like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with someone, go with the team. And I, I think that that kind of resonates here. Uh, yeah, you can be successful, uh, isolated, completely solo, right? But you're going to have a lot of challenge, right? And you can do cool technical stuff, but it, it's only cool. I mean, it's only it's only practical from like putting food on your table if other people know that you can do that, right? So uh, net, networking is is critically important. And I'm going to I'm going to answer your question. And then I'm going to give a couple actionable takeaways that people listening can use to better network. And I don't care if you're introverted or extroverted, they are practical tips for you. So networking is huge and I'm gonna tell you why. Um, I've said this on other platforms before. There's two things. One, it's the exchange of ideas. I've been in this field for 17 years. There's a ton I don't know. There's a ton I don't know. And you know, instead of going out and becoming a awesome pen tester, I'm friends with Kim and I'm friends with John Helmus, right? right? Excellent resources. And if I have a question, like I had one just recently about uh, AWS S3 buckets and how to how to um, do something with them that I'm not going to get into, but uh, I reached out to John. John authored a book on how to pen test AWS, right? I, he's a he's an expert on that. Like I know him. I've never, I'm, I'm good friends. I would call John Helmus a good friend of mine. I have never physically touched him or put eyes on him in real life, right? So it's it's that it doesn't have to be a physical thing. It, it like it you can network with people you never meet, you can network with people that you never physically see. You can develop uh, a good network on Discord or or LinkedIn. So th there's the 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 scale power of having a network that has skills that complement your own, right? And you you be the resource for some people on whatever it is that you're doing, right? you know, give and take, like be willing to do that. So that's, that's one thing of the power of networking. The second thing, and probably the biggest thing, uh, and this is something that I say all the time is I don't have numbers to support this, but believe me, like half of jobs in the field go to people through networking, right? The, the job that my, my second job, the, the job that really like launched a, a career, um, that, that I was at that KPMG company, I was fully qualified, fully qualified to be a developer for that, for that project, for the Marine Corps. That job was in uh, Virginia. I lived in Massachusetts. My 
a family member of mine knew someone who was on that project and what happened to be talking to them and said, and they said, Oh, like we're really struggling because we need another developer. And he said, Oh, my, my nephew develops code or does computers with software. I don't know what he does. Right. And, but so, okay. Like, is he, is he a good worker? Is he a hard worker? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's great. He was just lugging bricks not too long ago. So uh, gave him my resume, perfect fit, flew down, got the job, right? So that job was never posted. And it's not like it was given to me because of nepotism or spoils, or I didn't deserve it or anything like that. I found out about it through a network. It wasn't even ever posted, right? So that's another power of networking. And, and I'll tell you, um, you may say, oh, that's not fair or whatever. But like, the reality is like, if I'm hiring, if I'm hiring a position, right? Uh, like, and I know, I know somebody or a candidate, or I, I know a group of people who might be a good fit for it. I'm going to check with them first, just from a real life perspective. Here are my options. I could post it. I could wait two weeks. I could maybe get some candidates, have HR, go through all this, uh, maybe do some interviews and stuff like that. So like, we're talking six weeks, maybe eight weeks, if, it, if we're moving quickly, that before I find out if you, I even have a candidate from this pool of uh, anonymity. Whereas if I have a network of six, let's say six people that I know that are all completely qualified, looking for work and interested, and I can just talk to them directly and say, Hey, like I got this job coming up, you know, are you interested? Like, would you be interested? Yeah, I'd be interested. So then we post the job, but like, I don't want to say it's hardwired for them, but those candidates apply. Like we've already, we've already basically interviewed them and, and kind of work through it. So and that happens all the time, it, like like 50% of the time, right? So uh, it's not like you network for the, for the selfish motivation of I'm going to align myself to all these people because one of them is going to give me a job. It, you have to, I, like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but that, like, that has a certain scent that everybody can smell, right? So that you should not have that as your motivation. You should be networking for growing a network, for meeting people, for learning about opportunities, for talking about what you like and what you don't like as far as the profession goes, right? Like where you're going, how you're doing it. Maybe collaborate with some people in a hack the box room, maybe join a cyber club, whatever. Uh, and I, I assure you, these opportunities will end up presenting themselves at some point. I, I, I have no doubt in that. Now, actionable takeaways on how to network. Like, okay, Jerry, you've sold me. I'm in. Let's network. How do I, how do, I do it? Okay, a couple, couple things. One, there is uh, Discord servers, right? So you can join those. Like, you would never just like walk up to a cocktail party or bar, right? I guess we, people don't do cocktail parties. I'm too old for that. Um, bar. You wouldn't walk up to a bar with four people standing there talking and just like blurt, like blah, like I, I'm just going to take over this conversation. No, that would be like rude. But if you walk up, enter a discord server, say hi, whatever, watch some of kind of the conversation, what, what are they talking about? And then introduce a, a perspective or a thought or ask a, you know, ask a question, but be engaged that being engaged, right? Even if you ask a question, cause you're a noob, right? A lot of people in our community are interested in helping other people in our community. Because we all, I don't care who you are, we all were that at some point, right? We all can identify, we all can empathize with wanting to know knowledge. Uh, I, I, I emailed 20 people in my company and just was like, can you help me? You know what I mean? Like, 
it didn't, it didn't, they didn't all reply and that's okay. That's okay. So the other thing that I would encourage you to do, if you're going to reach out directly to someone, you know, reach out to, to, to me or someone on LinkedIn or whoever, uh, cause a lot of people reach out to me all the time. They say nice things and I appreciate that. Some of them say like, Oh, I just like, help me get in cybersecurity. It's like very, very, you know, flat and, and blank. Right. I would encourage you to do what I did, right? So I'm speaking from experience. It worked for me. Like when I had that phone call with with Ray Sturby, you know, I had a couple, like I had already done my homework. I, I, had, I had tried to educate myself and anywhere that I had an impediment or confusion or misunderstanding or what does this mean or what's this term, I wrote it down. So, and then sent that ahead of time. Like, here's what I'd like to talk. I was like, I'm really interested in what you know, but here are the things that I have found as a challenge. Now, two things happen there. One, I get answers to my questions so I can move forward. Two, I have invested my own time into this conversation and done my own legwork. I've demonstrated my commitment to my end of this call it what it is, mentoring relationship, right? He and I only had one call. So it was a hyper short mentoring relationship. So don't get wrapped around the axle that mentoring mentee is like this, like Obi-Wan and Luke relationship where you go until one of you dies. It, it can be super short, right? It can be super specific. But I demonstrated my commitment, my investment into wanting that knowledge. And, you know, I think that's why he took as much time as he did with me that day because because I had done that. So if you're gonna reach out to someone specifically or you know or whatever, however you're gonna do it through LinkedIn or or Discord or what have you, you know, come come having done a little bit of the legwork. It you can't be you I don't want to say lazy, but you can't be like just spoon fed. Like you can't be like just tell me tell me the shortest path and what I need to know so I can move on. It, it's much more like because one of the questions is like, what do you want to do? Like what, what, like to your point, Kim, what's your passion? Like, what is getting you excited? Like, what have you found yourself looking into and that you're frustrated because you don't have the answer about what something is. Let's talk about that because that tells me, like, I know a lot of stuff, but like, I don't want to talk to you about something that has no interest to you because that's a waste of your time and mine. Like, let's talk about what you care about. Let's talk about what you're struggling with and let's get those answers and move you forward and then, you know, like we'll, we'll grow together. Like I'll, I'll feel good that I helped you. You'll feel great because you have knowledge. And then who knows, maybe one day you'll, you'll be in a position to offer me a job and, and you'll reach out to me because you're, because of networking. Totally love it. There's, I totally agree about when reaching out to other people, right. And networking, how um, do you actually define networking, right? Because a lot of people just say, you need to network, you need to network, but nobody ever really tell what exactly do I need to do or what exactly is networking? And a lot of people just, you know, send out a bunch of um, messages that looks like it's a batch message. So it's, mm -hmm. it's not attractive to the one who receives it. So definitely that's a thing to not do. <laughs> right. Let me share one more example with you, Kim. So there was a guy just the other day, just the other day on LinkedIn, his name's Wade Patterson. I think he's younger. He's new. He's, he wants to break into the field. And he posted something on LinkedIn and it, it basically said, Hey, I've been introverted. I've been really reluctant with networking. I don't really know how to do it. Uh, I'm just jumping in with both feet because at Gerald Osier told me that networking is important. I'm listening to him. 
I don't think I can add much value, but here I am like bearing my soul to the world. Like it's something to the effect of that. That wasn't verbatim, but something like that. And I saw it and I said, you know what? Good, good on this guy. So I looked at his profile. He said in his title, something like interested in OSINT hunting or OSINT guy, or I like OSINT or, and so I, I replied to his message and I said, Hey, like, that's great, man. Like I see you're into OSINT. Like, what is it about OSINT that you're interested in? What gets you going about OSINT? Let's talk about that. And we ended up having a conversation in the thread and other people started jumping in. And uh, like, it, that was a, a good post. Like he, he provided some value. He talked about OSINT. Then he posted something else uh, a couple of days later. I chimed in on that. And not to say that like, I'm like, I'm pushing him or whatever, but like, I saw that he, 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 he made an effort and he wants to do it. And I want to help him do it. And I want to engage him personally. He didn't ask me for this. I wanted to engage him personally in what are his thoughts and what's his perspective? Because I know he has one um, that can be valuable and interesting to, to both myself and our community. And, you know, so, and now I see him like, this was just like a week or two ago. And now I see him all over the place on LinkedIn, chiming in. I feel like he got comfortable and he understood that it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be intimidating. I feel like a lot of people are reluctant to make that first step because, you know, if you if you get shut down or you get face palmed or you don't get a lot of likes or or, or replies or whatever, it, it, you might feel like embarrassed or you might feel like, well, what's the point? Like my 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 opinion doesn't have value or whatever, which is total crap because it it absolutely does. No one has the same life experiences or perspective that you have. Um, so anyways, it's just a, it's a good story of like, just a, a guy, uh, started networking and, uh, now he's doing, he's doing quite well with it. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I always tell myself the sentence I always live by is never be the smartest person in the room because I always believe that somebody has something for you to learn from, right? Um, mm -hmm. And exactly resonate to your story. Uh, there's always something to learn and don't get pushback if you feel like you reach out to a lot of people and they don't reach out. Sometimes people just don't get online or they're just too busy and they forget mm -hmm. um, your message. So not a big deal, just keep going, right? So back to cybersecurity, if you have to choose, what would be a couple of your most favorite thing about cybersecurity? Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Uh, get your popcorn, Kim. So, <laughs> I mean, if I if I had to really choose, uh, there's so much about it I love. Like, I mean, but, but I know this is like a cop-out answer, but like literally my favorite thing about the industry is the, the is the the meta of it the macro level of it that it literally is constantly evolving constantly changing very very quickly which is a detriment to trying to keep up and, and protect stuff but um if you look at it like you know like things change right we went from on-prem infrastructure to cloud and that was a big change and like we're seeing firewalls go from appliances to like um, SD WAN or, you know, VPNs are going away and stuff like that. So like there is change in those industries, but it's very, I feel like it's slower and it, you know, you almost become a specialist in one thing and that's kind of what you do. And as technology changes, you just kind of like dig in on what you got with, with cybersecurity. It's like always fresh. Like we've reached a point now where it's super mainstream. There's like news stories every day, ransomware here, ransomware that the, these threat operators, uh, you know, the president of the United States is issuing executive orders and official memorandums around cybersecurity policy. So like it, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's like super cool. 
it's always interesting. And uh, I mean, that's, that's probably what gets me the most excited. You know, you and I were talking before we hit record here that like, you know, it's like at 630 in the morning, I'm making a cup of coffee and I'm like, oh, but like, look at this. Biden released this memo. I'm going to read this on industrial control systems. Like sweet, like not even my niche. Like I don't work. I mean, I do a little bit, but I, I'm not an industrial control system security uh, person in any capacity. But I love the fact that there's movement in that niche of the uh, industry. And, you know, I shared it on LinkedIn. Here's here are my thoughts on, on this particular memo. Um, and then and you can go so deep. That's like another thing, right? Like you could be a generalist. You could go so deep. You could be like an Android mobile app pen tester or an Android mobile app forensics expert, right? Like all you do is forensic dead disk on Android mobile devices or, you know, Android operating system. Like if you wanted to be that niche, or you could be a pen tester, or you could be like more of what I am, which is kind of a, a general practitioner who gets his hands dirty and different things. I'm certainly not a, a master of any specific thing. I mean, you can make an argument that my specialty is in uh, governance, risk and compliance, especially as I go up the, the the corporate ladder and kind of grow into the CISO role I got. So like that, that's, that's fine. But like, I love, I love the blue side, the red side, I guess we're going to start saying there's a purple side kind of, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's always rewarding. Like, I have absolutely zero need, zero need to learn penetration testing skills. But I took Heath Adams practical ethical practical ethical hacking course. By the way, not uh, not affiliated with him anyway, but that course is excellent. And I took it just just for fun, just for fun. Like that's how insane I am about cybersecurity. Like I take lab work for fun, and um, it just. Like, because I'm not going to get it professionally. I'm not going to get it professionally. I know that. And the only way to supplement it is to do it on my own. Uh, and it's very rewarding, right? So I just eat it up. And then on top of that, I can uh, I can talk to people through Simply Cyber, uh, which basically I know I'm helping a lot of people, which is fantastic. But like, I get like for three or four hours a, a week, I get to like turn on the camera and just talk about anything I want cybersecurity. It's like the most gratifying experience. I'm like, yes, like, what am I going to talk about? Like, I have a, I have an episode on Simply Cyber on cyber insurance. It is probably my lowest performing video. And I don't care because it's my my channel. And I wanted to talk about cyber insurance that day. Uh, apparently, nobody else wants to hear about cyber insurance. But um, it was the topic du jour. So yeah, that's my passion. That's that's what drives me or my favorite part of the, the field. Uh, for whoever who's watching this on YouTube, I think people can really tell that you are really passionate about cybersecurity. Your eyes really sparks and you smile really big when you talk about this field, right? And yeah, um, yeah speaking of being, um, speaking of uh, cyber, Simply Cyber and your channel, um, mm -hmm. that's also related to my next question, which um, besides being a practitioner in this field, you and your Simply Cyber channel is very, very focused on educating educating people and helping people to get into this field, right? Um, so, and that seems to be two of your most, um, two of your activities that you do the most, right? Um, studying mm -hmm. and teaching cybersecurity. So that's a mix between education and cybersecurity. So, um, let's talk about having multiple passions, right? Mm -hmm. Because many people have the impression that for you to be successful in a career, you can only have one uh, passion, 
So what's your take on that? Because apparently we have more than one. Yeah, I mean, certainly you can have completely disparate or you know fundamentally distinct passions. Like I'm really into cybersecurity and I'm really into hang gliding, right? There's really no overlap of those two things. By the way, spoiler, I've never been hang gliding. It's just a point. But but for me, because I'm so passionate about cybersecurity and, and in every dimension of it, and by the way, this is also going to be a spoiler alert on how you might be asking, how is it possible that I have so many jobs and I don't like explode or burn out. And, and this is going to get revealed in this. So I, I have these passions, right? To, 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 to promote education to people who want to break in the field, make it accessible. Uh, I teach at the Citadel, as you had mentioned in the intro, and that's, that's a more form fixed uh, delivery of education uh, and also aligned with what I want to do when I retire. But the, the whole thing is, um, overlapping all these passions, right? So, and this is how I save time. This is like a, a life hack, if you will. Like, so if I'm doing something for my job, my nine to five job where I'm protecting the organization and just a hypothetical, so this isn't revealing anything about my work, but like say we're, we're, we're deciding we're gonna end up getting a forensics lab and we're gonna buy a $200,000 piece of forensic software, right? Well. It's, it's, it's incumbent upon me or the leader of the SecOps team, but like I would take it on um, to, to like evaluate the software. Okay, so like I want to learn it. I, so I'll get a trial or something like that or whatever. So I, I want to learn it, but then also I can take what I learn while I'm learning it, make a YouTube video about it and share that knowledge with other people, which will reinforce my ability because I'm teaching it now, which is another way to like uh, cement uh, learning, right? Because if, if you can't tell someone how to do something, that means you don't understand how to do it. So uh, so then I get a YouTube video, I get to get skilled and experience in forensics work, and I end up doing my actual job, which is uh, ultimately evaluating and selecting uh, the proper tool to meet the needs of my organization and, you know, being fit, uh, a fiduciary responsibility with the, the money of the organization. So that's, um, you know, if you, if you pull the curtain back, uh, Kim, you're going to find that, uh, my, my passion is cybersecurity and it's just basically like a rainbow and like yellow is practicing, orange is educating, purple is self-study. Um, you know, green is like talking about it out loud. Like it's all, it's all one rainbow, but it looks like different passions. But if you, if you actually look at it, uh, it's just me being absolutely insane about cybersecurity as a field and leveraging every potential avenue I can in order to, um, to, to share it, discuss it, learn learn about it, and stuff like that. My my <laughs> to put it to put it uh, in practical. Um, my, so I'm married, uh, my wife, and I have kids, and uh, my wife jokes that she could sit for the CISP right now. She's never worked in the field, but because I talk about it, we've been together so long that she could get, she could get certified, um, with a CISP, uh, just, just from the, the sheer amount of, uh, that I talk about it, uh, in, in our life. So. <laughs> I totally love that. Um, how you talk about, um, exploring all the different aspects in a single field and it just makes the whole thing looks totally different, right? So just because you're interested in one field, don't just, you don't have to focus on only one thing uh, in particular in that field. And you can explore how you can uh, come about in that specific career from mm -hmm. different perspective. Totally loved it. 
Um, all right. So I have so many questions for you. I could ask you all day, but, mm. um, you know, time's limited. So uh, for one last question before uh, we are coming to the closing. So for people who are stepping into cybersecurity, what uh, is your advice and insights about this field? Mm. Yeah. So if you're coming into the field, a couple things. One, I mean, there's some basic stuff, right? So I know you might be coming from a non-IT background and there are non-IT jobs in the field, right? So, so don't think you need to know IT, but I would strongly encourage you to get some exposure to operating systems and networking. And you don't have to be a you know, computer science graduate, right? Just understand at a high level how a computer works. Like just understand what the you know memory is and a processor and stuff like that. Like again, it's more for familiarity and understanding uh, and certainly networking, right? So understanding how two computers talk to each other and like the the old age uh, interview question, like when you type in google.com in a browser and hit return and then the, the search engine comes up on your computer, what actually just happened, right? Um, again, you don't have to understand it at a level of, to speak to a computer science person, but you should conceptually understand what just happened. The reason it's not to like weed out people who can't, cut it with IT. The reason is when you're talking about defending or attacking, like you like you have to understand those things because that's how attacks happen. That's how that's how you you audit to see like did you know did the attacker get in? How how did they move laterally? Like how how would you know that unless you understood how two computers talk to each other, right? So that that's the first thing, right? And you can go to cyberaces.org, which is SANS um, a SANS resource. Uh, that's free, and you can get some education on uh, operating systems networking and a little bit of programming, which, um, again, you don't need to know how to program to be successful in cyber, um, but having some exposure certainly wouldn't hurt. Uh, that's step one. So that's developing some some fundamental skills. Right. Okay. So yes, yeah, so cyber aces for sure. Step two, uh, networking. I think I've made it pretty clear the, the importance of it and a couple actionable approaches on how to do it. So definitely start networking. You're going to end up finding a lot uh, of things and people and ideas and concepts and resources um, just as a, a, a plug, right? So if you go to simplycyber.io, which is the companion website to my YouTube channel, I have a free resources tab or section, which has like a thousand free resources for cybersecurity, right? And again, don't get overwhelmed, right? Just know that it's there, bookmark it uh, and go back as you can. Uh, the the next thing, uh, step four, I think, yeah. So th this one's important. And this is one that I feel like a lot of people don't do or know, or they find out too late or whatever. Like, and it's kind of contrived, but like fail fast, right? So fail fast means like, don't try to overanalyze what your path's gonna be. Like dive in. Cybersecurity is very skills-based, right? So lean into pen testing, right? And then either maybe you're not good at it. Maybe it doesn't get you excited. Maybe you suck at it. Maybe maybe you you're you're good at it, but you don't like the community, right? Because each community has kind of its own uh, vibe, right? So maybe you don't like that. Whatever, that's fine. You know you don't like it. M move on. But don't 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 stay with it because you've invested six months and well, I guess this is what I'm going to do. Like, I, I want to get into cyber. So I'll just kind of accept and deal with all this stuff I don't like. 
don't do that because a lot of skills that you pick up on the red side are transferable and the knowledge is definitely transferable on the blue side, for example. So you're not, you're not like walking two steps and then taking two steps fully back. You're really walking two steps and maybe taking a half step back and pivoting. So, so fail fast because I feel like that's going to allow you to quickly identify things that you don't like. So you can spend more time finding things that you do like. And when you do find something you like, lean into it, like get, you know, there's a lot of breadth to different areas in the industry, right? So like, we'll take blue team for a, a second, right? So like, you've been told that you should be a SOC analyst, right? So you're like, okay, I got to be a SOC analyst. I'm studying SOC, I'm studying SIMS, I'm studying packet captures, et cetera, right? Okay, that's fine. But digital forensics is a subset. Uh, it, also malware analysis is a subset of the blue team, right? And it's more advanced, right? Obviously, but, but maybe while you're in there, you like kind of dabble or stick your toes in the, in the, in the malware analysis side, um, or you go get some education or whatever. And you find out that that really gets you excited. You're still in the same vein, but now you're finding what you really love. So don't just keep looking around, keep sniffing. If you find something you like, dig or deeper, lean into it more, start talking to that particular community. Right. Again, I've said it a couple of times here, like when we're talking about networking, yeah, you can network with the cybersecurity community, but within the cybersecurity community, there is very much a blue community. There's also within the blue community, there's a very much an industrial control system blue community. And within that, there's an energy sector ICS blue community, right? So like there is a community um, at different levels for like, so as you find what you like, try to find that community too and network there because it's going to, it's going to ramp up and expedite your ability to get more information, get more knowledge, get more skills, meet more people, find more jobs, right? If that's ultimately what we're talking about is getting that job. Uh, and I think that that's going to give you a huge advantage way, way more than if you're um, just Googling a couple things and, and operating kind of in a silo. Yeah, that's true. Googling, you can find a lot of information, but definitely talking to people really helps brings a lot of idea. And even for me personally, even after I interview with some companies, right? And during the interview is where you realize that, oh, something I thought about myself, maybe not correct, or the, the direction I'm going is maybe not the one. So talking to people is really always helping. I totally double on that. And um, speaking of... Um, networking and a learning concepts, right? Uh, just talking to you today, already feel like I have a quick intro about cybersecurity in general. Uh, but for the listeners who want to learn more about cybersecurity, um, and they will be interested in your um, Simply Cyber channel, uh, can mm -hmm. you talk a little bit more about that one and where the listeners can access the resources? Yeah, yeah. so if, you, if you're still listening, thank you. I really appreciate it. I love talking about this and I appreciate you taking the time to uh, join us today. If you go on YouTube and you look at Simply Cyber, it, I should come up or Gerald Osher, although Simply Cyber is easy to remember. Um, it'll come up. I post videos every single Monday. I've done it for like a year and a half now. It's always, um, you know, the tagline is, it's a channel to help you make and take a cybersecurity career further, faster. And that's, that is the mission statement uh, whenever I make any videos. And, Sometimes I talk to, uh, sometimes I'll do a technical lab, like here's how we build a Kali Linux on a Raspberry Pi. Sometimes I talk about the industry, right? Like here's what's going on with Biden's executive order. Sometimes it's, um, here's how to do a resume, right? Like we'll do a resume review thing. 
sometimes we interview experts because as I mentioned before, I, I, I know there's a ton I don't know. So instead of me, you know, <laughs> soapboxing about something I'm not really an expert on, but I've got a little experience. Why not just reach out because of my network, because of this awesome community and bring in someone who spent 15 years learning pen testing or industrial control systems and talk to them. So if, if that's interesting to you, come check the channel out. You know, if you, if you like what you hear, you hit the sub button because every Monday we're dropping something. Also, uh, definitely renegade style live streams. I've got a couple coming up uh, that are scheduled that I'm promoting the heck out of. Uh, Kim, I don't know if you're going to, when you're publishing this video, but I've got one coming up on August 12th with Deidre Diamond, who is the uh, CEO and founder and also just a wonderful woman. I, I, I love that woman for cyber SN and they are actually, um, their whole platform is basically like a, a jobs search site, but they've changed the paradigm. So it's more like a dating website where like, uh, you put in a profile and employers put in profiles for jobs and they have very strict criteria on how many points, like how many different roles they can pick. Cause you know, how a lot of the problems with job postings are, it's like a unicorn. It's like every single function in cybersecurity. Well, they force the employers to pick only like five categories or five skills and then weight them on a percentage out of a hundred. And then the magic algorithm engine will map candidates to positions, right? Like a, like a dating matching algorithm. And uh, that way you don't spend all your time applying to 200 jobs that, you know, like you thought you were fit for, but in reality, it was like copy pasta and like it, they weren't actually looking for anyone who did the things you did. Um, so anyways, there's that. And then uh, on September 2nd, I'm actually interviewing, I'm super pumped about this one as well. I'm interviewing a career CIA field ops officer who is an expert in money laundering. Um, and he is now an expert in cryptocurrency because as times changed, uh, uh, you know, paying off dignitaries or the way threat actors were doing illicit transactions, uh, moved to crypto. So he's going to talk all about, uh, you know, his war stories and stuff like that. So, uh, it's going to be story time, uh, on that particular episode. I'm, I'm literally just going to go on mute and just let the guy go for an hour. Um, so I'm super pumped about it, but yeah, so check it out. We're always having a good time over there. Um, and if, if, if this interview has like rubbed you the wrong way, uh, you should probably not check out my channel because it's just more me flipping out about cybersecurity. <laughs> I, I'm totally going to follow that one. I'm totally going to attend that episode. Laundry, Monday laundry yeah. and cryptocurrency. Oh, my God. It's one of the hottest one right now, right? So yeah. Yeah, I will is. not miss it out. Yeah. I'm sure the listeners will, will love your show. And um, if anyone wants to stay in touch with you to ask you more questions or learn more from you or just simply increase their network, um, where can they reach out to you? Yeah, so, so go on LinkedIn. I'm very, like I post like probably five or six times a day. Like I'm, I'm all, well, it depends on the day, but like I'm all over LinkedIn, right? So Gerald Osier, uh, PhD, I think is my, um, what my name comes up as. If you just type in a, like Osier, A-U-G-E-R, there aren't a lot of us. And I'll come up and just message me. If you say that you heard me on Passion Sets Success, um, let, let me know that and I'll, I don't know, like I'll do something, you know, like give you, give you a free copy of my book or do a resume review or something like that. Tell me you heard me on Passion Sets Success. 
Uh, yes, please, please tell him. <laughs> please support my show too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. If you found, if you connect with Gerald and uh, let me know as well, I would love to know that this episode come to fruit of something. And um, so that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, for the audience, you can totally find all the resources that we mentioned throughout the episode in the description of this episode. And thank you very much once again, Gerald, for joining Passion Says Success. Um, I totally love your attitude, your humbleness, and all the knowledge that you are here to spread. So thanks again for being here. Yeah, thank you so much, Kim. I, I had a fantastic time. Thank you for tuning in with Passion Says Success, a show built to help you find your passion through the lens of successful individuals. If you have enjoyed our show, please like, subscribe, or give us a five-star review wherever you are listening. If you want to show us support, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash find my passion. Your help means a lot for us to keep the show going. If you would like to be a guest on the show, please submit a request at findmypassion.click. Thank you and see you next Monday.